0: get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash snap. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash snap. Welcome to Snap Judgment. I'm Glenn Washington. And as you may or may not know, when I was a kid, I was in this wacky cult. We didn't have any Christmas or Easter, nothing like that. What we had were alternative holidays. Now, how many of y'all have ever heard of the Feast of Trumpets or the Week of Unleavened Bread? I didn't think so. But the worst holiday was something us kids took to calling the unholiday. The adults called it the Day of Atonement. It was a day where everybody was supposed to take time and reflect and get right with the Lord. And that's cool. But as part of the cleansing process, everybody was supposed to fast no food, no water, no nothing for 24 hours from sunset to sunset. And we started young. Like, Seven or eight years old, we'd be on a complete fast, and that was no good. I'm not sure if it was a psychological or physical thing or what, but I do know as soon as the fast started, the very second the clock ticked, I was hungry, starving. And it wasn't just me. My brothers and I would all be staring at the refrigerator, looking pitiful, go to bed all hungry, Get up careful not to accidentally swallow any toothpaste, because that was against the rules. Then get ready for church. We're hungry as we were. We had to sit and listen to this wah, 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 wah. And see, being little kid hungry makes you deaf and blind. You can only think of pancakes with. Creamy butter and hot syrup dripping in your fat seared sausages and eggs with that hollandaise sauce, and man, it wasn't even just us youngsters. You'd hear all kinds of big bellies making growling noises, and then came the worst part. Worse than the services, we'd go home and we just sit there. No TV, no radio, no games, no nothing. You're supposed to maybe just read the Bible and reflect. But I didn't want to read the Bible. I didn't want to reflect. I wanted to eat, but several hours remain on the clock. Every second, more painful than the last. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. Absolutely no food till sunset. And you best believe we knew exactly when sunset was. To the second. Till then, we waited. We wait. wait. So we heard my father say, "All right, y'all. All right, get in the car." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now it wasn't quite over. The sun was still in the sky. This was just to get ready. We weren't allowed to start meal preparation ourselves before sundown. But there was a loophole. Somebody else, some unbeliever who didn't know about their damnation, could fix a plate up for you. We were headed over to the Sweden house, man. The Sweden house was a full-on, all-you-could-eat buffet. Meatballs, fried, smelt, roast beef, french fried potatoes, dessert, and we had to get positioned. We'd pull into the parking lot, and already you could see some of the church members' cars, but it still wasn't sunset. And you couldn't be seen running top speed just to get to the front of the line. That was not holy, not holy at all. First, people were kind of just wait in their cars. Then they, you know, shamble out, get out the car, nice and slow. Now they had all the time in the world. All the time. Tick tock. Unless it looked like somebody might hit the line in front of them. Yep, then they picked up the pace with a quickness. And when sunset finally hit, all pretense was off. You'd see church brethren in fancy clothes suddenly running toward the growing line. No cutting, no cutting now, Carl. We'll see you inside. Ha! But inside, it was on. People crowding, hollering. Sweet and hot didn't know it hit. Bewildered looking staff, people running around. I focused, focused, focused. Piled my plate, more chicken, more ribs, fried dough balls, stuffing, man. Got to have that stuffing. Love the stuffing. For real. They used to have the best stuffing. I ran to the table one millisecond ahead of my brothers and tucked into the plate like I had never seen food before. Mm. It was good. It was real good. <laughs> proudly present the Snap Judgment Holiday Special. Whatever you celebrate, celebrate this. My name is Lynn Washington, tis the season, because you're listening to Snap Judgment. Now then, we're going to get started with a Christmas miracle. So get a nice mug of eggnog Put your little something extra into it, and please, say hello to our good friends Dylan and Jim, who the universe picked for a very special task. Stamp judgment.
1: Hello, my name is Jim Glaub. Hi, I'm Dylan Parker. I was getting the letters about three years ago. Dear
2: Santa. Dear Santa, I want to go to the...
1: But never that many. One or two. And I didn't think anything of it. And then this last year, we had about 400 letters delivered to us. I don't know.
3: We are getting letters to Santa. And each day there would be more and more and more until the sides of the mailbox were practically buckling. There are
1: letters from the Bronx, Elmhurst, Queens. Manhattan,
3: Staten Island, and upstate. Kids from all over New York and the tri-state area. I've always sort of suspected that our our address is on a list somewhere. We, We really just don't know for sure. And we've Googled everything we can imagine. We really haven't been able to dig much up on it. Dear Santa.
2: I live with my mom along with my sister and brother. My dad is a hard worker. I love to draw. My dad wants a jacket and shoes. Whatever you send will be great. Dear Santa, I have two brothers. Santa, I love you. I believe in you. For Christmas, I want anything you give me. And I'm going to have the best Christmas ever. God bless you. Dear Santa Claus, Hi, my name is Jean. I'm very good at school and home. I'm only asking for clothes because my mom can't get me clothes. At school, they tease me because I wear the same clothes all the time. Christmas is my favorite of the year. This year, I want shorts any color, allows need a coat. Sincerely, Gina. Dear Santa, I'm 22 years old. I have
0: two children named Ever and Osmar. They ask me every day if Santa will come this Christmas. I don't know what to say. Since I'm not working and their dad is not with me, my children will appreciate it if you send us some clothes, toys, and shoes. Merry Christmas.
1: I know it's heartbreaking. There's some that are just...
3: In most of the letters that we've seen, it definitely seems like these are kids that they are in need. A lot of the letters are primarily asking for shoes and for clothes and items that I think most people would consider staple necessities. When when
1: we had these letters and they were stacking up in our office, when seven turns into 20, which then turns into 50, which then turns into 100, and then I, I certainly did feel, feel this like overwhelming sense of obligation.
3: We both knew we had to do something with them. Them. and and my feeling was that we should try to find an organization to do it and and Jim really felt we could make a go of this and we could really do something
1: <laughs> i love christmas so in some ways it was meant to be <laughs> We had a party here at our house a couple of weeks before Christmas and that's kind of what kicked it off is that a bunch of the people from the party started to take a letter and they would fulfill them. And it was like people got really excited and I was like, okay, well I put all the letters in a bag and brought them to work and people from work started to fulfill them. And then started taking pictures of the letters and emailing them to friends who were interested on Facebook. When the story broke in the times, I mean, like, we were recognized on the street and lots of local community businesses were like, we'll take the letters next year. Our neighbors, you know, had left us notes on our door. People across the country actually decided to fulfill a letter. There was a gentleman in Taiwan who fulfilled a letter. It's just so great that the people have, have come together and people were really, really excited about taking a letter. I've never been interested in finding out where the letters come from.
3: If we find out the real cause of why the letters are coming, that would take some of the magic away from it, I think.
0: Do you feel good? Because I feel good. Thank you, Dylan and Jim, for sharing your story. When Snap Judgment returns, Bad Santa, for real. When the SNAP Holiday Special continues, stay tuned. Welcome back to the SNAP Judgment Holiday Special. Now recently, Joe Rosenberg asked our own Jasmine Aguilera to describe all the fun she had as a little girl the games with her sister, the food. But then, mid-remembrance, Jasmine's eyes narrowed. She recalled someone who was not fun at all.
2: Okay, so Jazz, last time... Uh, A few weeks ago, I told you a story. Mm -hmm. And uh, this week, I hear tell you're going to tell me a story.
4: Yeah, round two of Joe and Jasmine's Fireside Chats.
2: Oh, I like that. Cute crackling fire. Exactly,
4: yeah. So when I was five years old, my mom, who didn't really believe in daycare, she thought it was a waste of money, she put me in as many random after-school programs as she could find. And there was this one she found, which was a Christian choir for children, at a church right down the street from my house. So she was like, this is perfect. My mom didn't have time to teach us religion, you know, because she grew up Catholic and she thought that this would be an easy way for her to outsource it to somebody else. It. Yes, I say, <laughs> yeah. of course, yeah,
2: just, uh, that's brilliant.
4: So the first day, I'm five years old and I'm looking around at this giant church. It looks like the biggest building I've ever been in. There were rows and rows of wooden pews that pointed to this huge stage that had risers on them. And there were about a hundred kids sitting on stage, and their voices were bouncing off the walls. It was so loud and intimidating. And seconds later, this woman named Janet comes out with this perfect golden bob haircut, a pastel cardigan, and huge fake shiny nails. And everyone suddenly goes quiet. She explains that her name is Janet, and she runs this choir. And then she asks everyone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Oh no. And so nobody wants to raise their hand because what the hell kind of question is that? We're in a church, there's a giant cross right above us. I raised my hand and I said, well, I'm Catholic. And she said, that doesn't count. Come on down. Whoa. <laughs> and so she brings all the kids who raised their hands down to the front of the stage and we're sitting there in a line. She comes up to us individually and asks, do you accept Jesus Christ in your heart? And
2: Let me let me pause you. Then. Sure. Because like when it got to your point in the line, like what's going through your head? Like what's, I just, I got
4: it like. Uh, I just remember being very confused. <laughs> uh, then when I realized that everyone at the end got candy bars, I was like, oh, this is a game changer right here. This is a game. This is instant reward from Jesus. I'm down for this club. Okay. This choir was an after-school program that put on legitimately professional-level theater. And so everyone who wanted to be in this choir had to be perfect. If you were flat, if you didn't point your arm in the right way, if you were late, you would just get chewed out in front of everyone. It was almost like if you messed up, you were messing up in front of God. But that was just the beginning, because being in this choir meant doing exactly what Janet said to do. And that came easily to my sister, but not for me. So eventually Janet decided that I was going to be her little project because we were, first of all, one of the only people of color in this <laughs> choir. And second of all, we were kind of a perfect example of helping out someone in need you know you were in need yeah we were in need
2: because you're, because you there's like a, sing, a, single, mo- a, single, a single mother single
4: mother brown Latino. kid Latino yeah
2: I see they must be in need
4: yeah exactly so she inserted herself in our life she was my piano teacher she was my swim instructor she planned my mom's wedding wait what yeah yeah my mom got remarried when I was 10 and sh- somehow she became my mom's wedding planner Okay. Yeah, and I think my mom had a lot of uh, respect for her because you should have seen the production level of these plays. This woman was amazing. She got professional carpenters to make these really elaborate sets. All of the kids had matching costumes and we were all in sync with our hand gestures and our movements. The harmonies were complicated and intense. These are 10, 12, 14-year-old kids and the pressure that she'd put on the kids was just astronomical. And it got to the point where like tons of kids would cry. I would come home saying things like, janet is a jerk and i don't want to be around her anymore and my mom would be like stop complaining jasmine my mom who had a hard life when she was growing up didn't think that that kind of trouble was that big of a deal so she forced us to stay in it
2: it's like juilliard
4: yeah yeah exactly and finally i got my first role my first speaking role the play was called red and yellow black and white and it's about these Christian kids that take a bus to the wrong side of town and discover that it's full of trash and gang members. The angels are white. Oh. The the two do-gooding kids are yellow. The black kids had to wear black. I got the part of Maria. And I had to wear a red shirt because I represented the red kids of the world. What, is, what are red kids as in? Like, like, Native American like Native American and Latino, yeah. My sister didn't get the part because she would have definitely gotten the part because she didn't look Hispanic enough for to play Maria. Wow. Yeah. One of the aspects of my character was is I had to speak with an accent. So Janet was trying to instruct me on how to speak with a Hispanic accent. So she was like, just talk like your mom. I know she has an accent. I can't replicate it. I just can't. And I would be like... I'm trying, and it ended up coming out, like, French-sounding. All right,
2: so, Joe, I have these tapes. Oh, you have, like, like what, are we talking, like, VHS? Y- yeah,
4: of course, VHS. Let's, let's, let's pop her in. Yeah. Oh, hey. So now there's a, a beautiful little infographic saying, music makers, community choir... Oh, well, i like, I'm enjoying it. I'm just peppy. So I'm gonna fast forward.
2: Oh, this is, whoa, this is like a big production.
4: Yeah. There's a big audience.
2: There are what seems to be like a hundred children all in matching white, doing matching choreography. Oh, you guys are quite good. Yeah. I'm very impressed. This is, this is quality.
4: All right, I'm going to fast forward now. Here come the jugglers, Maria. Did There's me. To us? But maybe after they get over the shop, the playground does look bad.
2: Wait, is that supposed to be your... Oh, my God. I can't even understand what you're saying. Oh, maybe
4: they want to get the that. Ah, Because I feel so very nice. I thought It was after that performance that I realized that this was not my this was not my gig. I really didn't want to keep going, and I tried to beg my mom to let me quit, but she just wasn't having it, and she convinced me to stay on for a new season. And that's when everything kind of came to a head, because the very next production was this Christmas musical called Candy Cane Lane. And so in order to drum up publicity, Janet would have us carol outside of supermarkets. So one Saturday morning, we were outside of a Lucky's, and we were all gathered there together looking identical. All of our hair was French braided. We had these big red circles painted onto our faces so we looked like dolls. And before we started, Janet laid out all the rules. There's no coughing, no sneezing, there's no turning your head, there's no fidgeting, there's no scratching, no movement whatsoever. So we're all standing there waiting for her to start conducting, and she lifts her hands up, and the first song is about impatiently waiting for Christmas morning to come. And the soloist starts. Just a few more hours till the day goes away, Christmas day will be here at last. And out of the corner of my eye. I see this guy, I think he must have been a vet. He was in a wheelchair and he was struggling to push himself up this ramp. And he kind of gets halfway through, falls back down, gets up again halfway through, falls back down. And so I just couldn't watch this guy struggle. But I also knew that I was gonna get in a lot of trouble if I left the formation. And I just felt this need building up inside of me to help him. But every time I would get enough courage to, Janet's eyes would, scan back to me and I would lose my nerve. And meanwhile, the song is still going on, you know. Just a few more hours. So I just kept watching and all of these people are coming and going and no one is helping this guy. And I'm just like internally screaming, what is wrong with people? And my heart was telling me, this guy's in trouble, go help him. But it was almost like Janet knew what I was thinking because she just looked at me and her eyes said, don't move. And it just feels like time is stretching super long and it takes forever to end. And this poor guy is still dragging himself up the ramp. So the next time Janet looked away, I decided I'm making a run for it. I'm doing it, I'm gonna go help him. So she looked away and I just bolted right over to him in the middle of the song. And he kind of looked surprised to see me and I grabbed the handles and I leaned up against his back and I pushed as hard as I could up the ramp. And I felt his wheelchair kind of glide up the ramp. And when I felt the wheels go over the barrier and into the supermarket, I let go and he kind of glided away from me. And then I turned really fast and just snapped right back into position. And immediately I saw Janet's eyes lock onto mine, burning with white-hot fury, looking at me, knowing she can't yell at me right then and there. And I know Janet is going to lay into me the second the song is over. And sure enough, after we're done singing, Janet makes a beeline straight for me with this terrifying look on her face. And then I feel this kind of touch on the side of my arm, and I turn to look, and it's the guy in the wheelchair who had gotten to me just seconds before Janet did. And he turned to me, and he said, "'Thank you for helping me up the ramp when no one else could. "'You're a true Christian.'" And right after he said that, I looked at Janet. And Janet, who's watching this conversation, waiting for it to end, just kind of (gasps) goes And I couldn't help having a smile break over my face. It was like a break in the clouds, because I knew in that moment, this was my chance to get out. Janet's just standing there frozen like a statue, and everyone is dispersing. And I walk straight over to my mom, and I said, Mom, I can't do this anymore. I quit. And? And my mom let me.
2: (laughs) Wait, did she sign you up for more stuff after this?
4: Oh, hell yeah. Gymnastics, ballet, tap, jazz, three theater groups, tennis, soccer, track, Spanish, flash programming, chess, horse vaulting. What? Yeah, it's like gymnastics on horses.
2: You know how to do this?
4: I'm a multifaceted woman, Joe.
0: Big thanks to Jasmine for sharing her story. The original score and sound design was by Leon Morimoto and the story it was produced by Jasmine Aguilera
2: snap judgment 2017 year in review begin
1: the man with the golden voice Glenn Washington yes give me a moment
0: there are two okay one was watching my daughter curate her own art show and it was wonderful just to see her do it right in downtown Oakland that sounds amazing the other watching my boy take a hard loss in a basketball tournament and come out smiling in the end. Yeah. And um, I'm proud of those guys.
1: Hey, that's what it's about right there.
0: Yeah.
1: Adiza Egan. Yes. Yes. 2017. What a year indeed. What was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was when I went on the Third Coast radio residency. Sounds delightful. It was very delightful. Was there anything special you came away with from that? It kind of just recharged me. It made me feel like radio is a process and writing is a process. And there's more than one way to make a great story.
0: Mark Ristich. Hello. How you doing? Favorite part of 2017. Yep. Spooked, going number one for a week on iTunes, and all the all the people that love getting scared. And then uh, Nancy Lopez's baby. Hey, I gotta say, Nancy Lopez's we baby. We love you,
1: Nancy. Jasmine, what's happening?
4: Uh, my favorite moment was doing. The Joe and Jasmine Fireside Chats.
1: Yes, we just heard that.
4: Good chats, good times, just all around merriment.
1: Can we get a little uh, choir singing?
4: You want me to sing something? I'll lead it off. All right. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Eliza Smith.
4: I think my favorite part was going to New Orleans and looking for ghost stories. NOLA. Yes. A haunted mansion in the middle of the French Quarter. that was really
2: fun. Joe, come on, let me know. Favorite thing at the show in 2017? Probably the fireside chats that we uh, jazz and I. Oh, you don't say. What I do say, why why do you say?
1: Well, Jasmine
2: said the same thing. Well, of course she did. (laughs) Because they're awesome.
1: (laughs) On Morimoto.
2: What a very long and short year. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Working on the story Kismet. Ooh. Just adhering to the journey that Meg and Elena were taking us on.
1: Oh, it sounded amazing.
2: Thank you. Shayna
0: Sheely.
4: My favorite part was driving around with my Palestinian interpreter, Nuha, for the story about... Um, Smuggled sperm. I think it's called sperm smuggler.
1: Sperm smuggler. That's right. Yeah, we get it. We get it right to the point
4: So so right after that interview we were driving around the West Bank talking about sperms.
1: Oh, that sounds awesome.
4: It was awesome
1: An assessment
4: going camping with my family, uh you know, like five forty-five in the morning when it started to get light, the baby woke up, and uh, me and the baby watched the sun come up through the redwoods.
1: Little baby watches sunrise.
4: Yeah, that <laughs> baby nice. watches sunrise. Anyone yeah. who has a baby does lots of sunrise watching, but that was a good one.
1: <laughs> Liz Mac, what you got for me?
4: Well, this is not a good thing, but Davy Kim left us that year. I know. But we had Ugh. this wonderful moment where we went on a work retreat. That was also a goodbye Davy party.
1: Oh yeah, that was great. When
4: we all did face masks together.
1: Hey Davy, we miss you, Davey.
4: Davey, we miss you so much.
0: The Snap judgment 2017 Look Back Special. We're so happy you joined us today. And we gotta let you know, Snap Judgment Live. It's coming to Nashville. We're going to Nashville and St. Louis in March with the world's top storytellers. Get tickets while you still can at snapjudgment.org. This show is brought to you by the Uber producer, Mark Ristich, Pat Mercedes-Miller, Anna Sussman, Joe Rosenberg, Renzo Gorio, Adiza Egan, Liz Mack, Shayna Sheely, Leon Morimoto, Taylor Ducat, and Jasmine Aguilera. Now, this is not the news. No way is this the news. In fact, you could mysteriously have toys delivered to your home over the Christmas holiday, each one with a little girl or boy's name stenciled into the packaging, and you could keep those toys and play with them yourself, and you would still be a very evil person, but you would still not be as far away from the news as this is. But this is WNYC. WNYC. get things done faster and more efficiently. So when you think about business, think Odoo. To learn more, visit odoo.com snap. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash snap.